Hello, this is Robert Rickover at Body Learning, and today my guest is Lindsay Goodman, who is a uh, uh, flute soloist, chamber collaborator, teacher uh, of flute. She's principal flutist at the West Virginia Symphony Orchestra and um, solo flutist at Pittsburgh New Music Ensemble and other other things of that kind. She's also a classically trained mezzo-soprano, and she made her professional debut with the Opera Theater Pittsburgh in 2009. And she's been uh, singing and playing flute ever since professionally. And we're going to talk today particularly about her... Um, her singing and how the Alexander technique has has helped her. Her teacher is um, David Nesmith, who's a teacher in Columbus, Ohio. And so that's the to- that's going to be our topic today. Uh, Lindsay, welcome to the program. Thank you, Robert. It's a pleasure to, to to be able to talk to you. We've been in touch by email a bit over the last uh, couple of weeks. Uh, Lindsay, I wonder if you could begin our interview by giving our listeners a very short description of the Alexander Technique. Well, for me, the Alexander Technique is a wonderful method of body awareness and body mindfulness that started as a pursuit personally to enhance my music making, both as a flutist and a vocalist, and has since grown into nearly every aspect of my life in terms of using my body in the most natural and positive of ways to enhance my own efficiency at my daily tasks as well as my professional tasks, and permeating the way I think to practice healthy inhibition and greater awareness of my world at large. Right. And when you use the word inhibition, just for our listeners, to clarify for our listeners, that is a a bit of an Alexander jargony term. And it really (laughs) means just saying no to the things you don't want to do. It isn't it has no relationship, as far as I can see, to uh, Freudian uh, ideas about repression and and so on. Um, so uh, uh, this uh, our connection began with a uh, an article that you wrote a, a few weeks ago, uh, and talking uh, about your um, uh, professional singing debut with. An orchestra is it the Pittsburgh Orchestra? Is that the one that you were writing about? Uh, I uh, actually, in December of 2012, was making my professional vocal debut with the West Virginia Symphony Orchestra, oh, okay. which is also the ensemble with which I'm the principal flutist. Right, and you uh, you ran into some potential issues before the performance and the technique. Your work with uh, the Alexander technique was able to help that. Could you de- could you describe a little bit that what happened and how the technique was able to help you in that situation? Absolutely. Um, well, I'll start before the issue happened. Mm-hmm. Um, about maybe 
six weeks before my debut, I was in touch with my Alexander instructor, David, about wanting to have some daily sessions during the week of my debut. We were doing four concerts across three cities, and we also had a rehearsal day. So it was five days of straight singing, which for a singer is a little unusual. Usually singers have a what they call a dark day, a day off after a couple of days of performance. And so I wanted to make sure that I was continuing to use my body and breath in the best possible way. So David and I booked daily morning sessions for each of my performance days to make sure that I was still in tip-top shape (laughs) from the first performance to the last. Mm -hmm. And so that was sort of some pre-planning on my behalf. Um, Now, about five days before I was actually going to begin rehearsing and performing, I was in another city performing as a flutist with an with a different orchestra and I had been called there very last minute. I had been cramming new music into my head and driving to a different city, sleeping in a different bed and also still trying to sing and keep up my preparations for the following week's vocal performances. And in trying to do all those things, At the same time, I did not practice the best Alexander Technique uh, usages, and I inadvertently damaged my voice. So five mornings prior to my rehearsal cycle, I woke up uh, with almost no speaking voice, almost no singing voice, and was fairly panicked about the situation. I immediately contacted my vocal coach and, of course, my husband, as well as my Alexander instructor, David, Um, I got great vocal advice. I got good spousal support. And then from David, he helped remind me, we have sessions set up. It's going to be okay. Let's inhibit panic. Let's get back to mindful breathing. Let's promote mindful and active body healing. And uh, David actually has this line of CDs, these constructive rest CDs, which I had with me on this particular trip out of town. And so I was using his constructive rest CD and his whispered awe CD. And the whispered awes especially were really helpful in relaxing and healing my vocal cords. I was on vocal rest, meaning I was making no sound whatsoever, no speaking, no singing, no talking, no humming, no whispering for five days time. And the whispered awe technique was really helpful for me in keeping my vocal cords relaxed, in letting air pass by them in a very peaceful, non-strenuous way that helped promote healing so that I would be able to healthfully sing in the week ahead. Uh, Likewise, constructive rest was really helpful for me during that period because I think anytime we have a stressful work situation or stressful personal situation or some body stressor, we have a tendency to hold additional stress into our body as opposed to letting it flow out and use our our entire structure in the most healthful and positive of ways. So I found constructive rest extremely helpful doing those sessions a couple of times a day to allow my breath to be in to be a natural part of my body usage and to allow every joint and muscle in my body to be very easeful 
And that really helped promote some great healing in that slightly scary time. <laughs> yeah. I And I think just for uh, our listeners who may not be familiar with constructive rest and with whispered awe, uh, these are both two kind of classic Alexander Technique self-help procedures. They're very simple. They don't require any special equipment. Constructive rest is basically lying on a firm surface in a particular configuration that uh, that kind of encourages by itself release of harmful tension and is also a really powerful framework within which to do some self-exploration. And Whispered Ah is a procedure to, I guess you could say, uh, work with your breathing uh, without necessarily producing any sort of uh, normal sound uh, would that be would that be your take on it kind of a a pre sound pre making sound technique uh, right yeah. I think that's a great explanation I think um uh, when my husband hears me do it, he calls me Darth Vader light <laughs> right it's it, it, it's a it's a way of making kind of a a whispery sound not really a sound but um, something that might morph, <clears throat> could morph into a sound, I guess. And it's a way of of um, really uh, improving how your vocal cords work without exercising them in the in the usual way, I guess you could say. Exactly, and that's one of the reasons I think it's such a useful tool for singers or anyone who has to do vocal work um, in terms of strenuous speaking. So, um, having te- uh, uh, taken that advice, uh, how did the actual uh, those uh, those strenuous set of concerts actually go for you? They went really fantastically. Um, between that combination of having really great Alexander support and and great um, support as well from my vocal coach, I was able to make a, a really complete recovery and felt like I was uh, firing on all cylinders through my performances. The performances themselves were very exciting for me. Um, I think probably most people haven't had the fabulous experience of being able to sing with full orchestra accompaniment Mm -hmm. for sold-out halls, and it's really quite a cathartic and overwhelming sort of experience to be out there with everyone's eyes on you, with the great sound behind you, which may or may not encourage you to try to make more sound yourself, Um, and to be having a sort of flood of emotions and experiences And so I found that um, having daily Alexander sessions during those performance periods really helped me stay mindful, centered, and present during my performances, which was extraordinarily helpful. I've been performing since I was seven years old, and so I'd like to think that I'm quite a seasoned performer, but I still get nervous for things, and as everyone who's ever gotten nervous knows, Time seems to precipitate quicker when you're in a nervous situation. And so often I may leave stage after a performance feeling like, wow, that went really quickly. I don't even really remember what exactly I did. But because I was so mindful, my awareness was so wide, encompassing the whole concert hall and the whole orchestra and the conductor and my body, 
and my breath as an easeful part of the entire experience, I really felt a unique present state in performing that I don't think I had really been able to harness before. And it's something that I'm now working to make an active part of all my performances because we only have one moment to live the present. So why not be as present as possible in it? <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. And I, uh, you know, I think what would be of a, a lot of interest to singers uh, who, who are listening to this, I think most singers would immediately get why why a vocal coach would be useful, and that's kind of a standard part of being a singer, especially a professional singer. I think the Alexander part might be even singers who've heard of it might not appreciate what that brings to the mix. I guess I guess the way I would phrase the question is, what do you, what did you get or what do you get? Or what might someone expect to get from an Alexander teacher that they're not getting from from their vocal coach? That's an interesting question, especially for me. I started studying Alexander uh, with my current instructor, David Neesmith, just a couple of uh, months or maybe just a year after beginning my formal vocal training, though I'd sung in my youth um, as a child soprano soloist, I had not had formal training until my mid-twenties. Um, and my vocal coach, my vocal instructor, is really big on understanding the actual physical makeup of the entire vocal structure, the way the tongue works, the way the sinus cavities work, the way the throat and vocal folds work and often uses um, photos of anatomical drawings in lessons to illustrate this is how the tongue should be, this is how the soft palate should be, this is where air is and is not going to help create the best vocal sound. Mm -hmm. And so for me, with that sort of instruction as a singer, going to Alexander Technique was a really natural next step because here is someone who can show me with my breath these are the things that move in your body when you breathe. These are the actual ways the ribs expand and float along as we inhale and exhale. These are the way the scapula move as we inhale and exhale. These are and are not the muscles that are used uh, when singing. And so that sort of information from my Alexander Technique instructor went really hand in hand with understanding the physicality of singing. Mm -hmm. Also, um, my vocal instructor is really big on um, the way we use the breath, making sure that there's relaxation in between each breath and then good usage of the breath itself to create sound. And in Alexander Technique, when using uh, table work, when using work on the saddle, my teacher's always reminding me um, to be mindful of the breath and to be easeful in it. So that going back into singing allows me to combine the two disciplines in a way which makes my breathing with the best usage of my body for the most easeful production of my professional sound. So to me, together, the two are very, very linked. And it was actually my vocal instructor who... Um, 
recommended to me when I booked these daily Alexander sessions during this performance cycle, she's like, you really need to get, do some sort of body activity. She's like, you need to get a daily massage. You need to get daily yoga, something during this five day cycle. And I'm like, how about I see my Alexandra technique instructor every day? And she's like, perfect. <laughs> oh, that's, so, that's great. It's, it's interesting that, um, your, your vocal, uh, instructor was so emphatic about, what what I guess you could call accurate body knowledge about what what one does when one sings, because in in uh, in my experience, a great many singers have some knowledge, but it's often wrong. <laughs> and I and I I can remember talking to a, another Alexander teacher about this, and she says, "Yeah, musicians in general." don't know anything about how they're physically organized in movement. And she said, well, with the exception of singers, who often know a lot, but it's usually incorrect. (laughs) And uh, it sounds like you managed to avoid that uh, pitfall, both from your coach and, of course, from, from Alexander training. Absolutely. And I think I can second that, that emotion you have about it, especially instrumentalists not quite being as body mindful or as knowledgeable about their bodies as as a lot of of people might think given the profession especially uh some flutists are very very well aware since i also am a flutist myself and i know a number who are doing alexander or, or body mapping or or feldenkrais or something like that uh to help but there are still a lot of outdated things that are in the way we teach that instrument that aren't exactly accurate. And so I think a lot of musicians, both instrumentalists and singers, can benefit a lot of from the body knowledge gained from Alexander. Yeah, it it really helps to know what's going on when you do something like move an arm or a wrist or something of that kind. Uh, so many people have such incorrect ideas of their basic structure and if it may not matter as much if you're not doing a particularly challenging activity but if you're doing something like playing an instrument or singing singing with an orchestra in a huge auditorium it 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 can be a crucial uh, factor in uh, in keeping you on track Absolutely. Um, uh, Even people in in their daily lives are prone to injuring themselves, but uh, musicians of all varieties are very susceptible to work-related injuries, and I think understanding great body usage and easeful body usage is one of the best ways to prevent that because you're aware that when you do move a wrist, it doesn't start and end in your wrist. It starts in some place very different and encompasses your entire body. Right, absolutely. And it's interesting that the terms like repetitive strain injury and carpal tunnel syndrome and the like, which have kind of entered our language in the last 20 or 30 years, I think mainly because of computers, um, they've been realities for musicians forever. Uh, right. They just the the terms were not probably used very much before, but um, they 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 are a classic issue for any kind of musician because they are doing the same activity over and over again. 
and um and they have to do it well they they can't be sloppy and um so so yeah is there is there anything else that you would like to add before we uh come to a come to a close um i think maybe i would just like to add that um as i've been saying for me it's been a beautiful marriage between vocal study and Alexander technique. And that for me, since I started my formal vocal training uh, so much later in the game than many professional singers, that it's been a beautiful thing to be able to do the two disciplines side by side and have them integrated in one another from the start. I think back to starting as a flutist um, in my wee days Mm -hmm. and wishing I could have had that sort of information um, I don't know that I might not that I might have been as ready for it as a child, but there's something very naturally organically childlike about the way we use our bodies well in an Alexander technique uh, approach uh, that perhaps we forget as we become adults. So I, I wish I had had that when I was starting. And so I urge anyone who's either new to a discipline artistically to to have the opportunity to incorporate Alexander into that or to someone who's already well into their discipline working as a professional or as an amateur as a passionate uh, amateur to go ahead and not wait until there is that moment of injury and concern but instead use Alexander as a tool to continue to promote healthful usage so hopefully you're never in a situation in which you have no other option. Well, I think that'd be a great a great note to close on for our conversation. Um, my uh, my guest today has been Lindsay Goodman, who's a professional flutist and uh, vocalist, and uh, her uh, her teacher is David Neesmith. I think I pronounced his name incorrectly. Uh, she and and David live in the Columbus, Ohio area. If anything that we've talked about intrigues you and you are in in the Columbus area, we'll put a link to David's website by the interview. We'll put a link to Lindsay's site there if you want to hire a professional flutist or singer. And we'll also put a link to a, a site that will enable you to find an Alexander Technique teacher anywhere in the world and learn more about it. Lindsay, thanks so much for being on the show today. Thank you so much, Robert.